on Fire podcast, providing hot takes and analysis on today's sports topics around the world. Straight with no chaser. No narratives here, fam. Straight raw from the gate and not to be confused with the competition. Today we have in our discussion here will be NBA free agency. You know, definitely the winners and losers uh, in NBA free agency so far. $2.2 billion have been spent. Uh, so we're definitely going to get into that. Also, too, USA Gold. USA Basketball brought home the gold. We're definitely going to get into that and break that down. We're going to address any you know questions also, too, surrounding uh, both of those topics, as well as uh, we have Summer League coming up, man. It's nonstop basketball, so it's definitely going to get a little bit into uh, Summer League and just the different players that we're looking uh, forward to watching in Summer League. Uh, so once again, we on fire podcast episode one. Yes, man, this summer league is definitely heating up. Um, summer League in Las Vegas at the Cox Pavilion. I think they play some games over at uh, one of those uh, UNLV gyms, uh, gym, I believe. Uh, but it definitely is uh, kicked off Summer League, man. It's a lot of young talent out here. Um, primarily, you know, everyone's looking at you know the number one draft picks from this uh, past NBA draft. And um, there's a lot of excitement around it, man. ESPN, they've got it on full-blown as far as the production side, broadcast. Every game is going to be broadcast for uh, Summer League this season, which I believe is a first. Um, So I have my eyes on a few guys out here, man. I was just kind of checking out the landscape. You know, my first shout-out is going to be to my man Emmanuel Quickly uh, with the Knicks. Uh, Man, the game he had uh, on the uh, 9th of August, which was Monday, um, was a, a outstanding game by him, 32 points. You know, he definitely been showing improving for the Knicks this past season. You know, had a little bit of an up and down season, but uh, his ups was man definitely up. Um, another youngin I'm keeping my eyes on is uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. He had actually a, a pretty good uh, game uh, in that uh, Pacer versus Nick game. You know, youngin out of uh, Ohio State University. Um, you know, he didn't go you know where he kind of wanted to go as far as draft position, but he definitely was playing like a dog at Ohio State, so we'll see kind of he's able to uh, get in some rotation with the uh, Pacers squad. My next uh, guy that I'm taking a look at and, you know, showing some um, some good returns so far. You know, even though it's summer league, he's definitely had some good returns. And that uh, gentleman is going to be Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, he definitely uh, came out for the Lando Magic Show and prove. I mean, we all kind of know that uh, Suggs fell to the um, Orlando Magic in the NBA draft, which surprised a lot of folks. You know, they went out and simply took the best player on the board in that position. We drafting Suggs, you know, and he came and showed and proved. 24 points in his first game in the summer league. Showed that quickness and ball awareness that he showed at Gonzaga. Um, so, you know, looks like uh, Orlando – Made a good decision in picking up Jalen Suggs. Another uh, player that I'm looking at that uh, kind of raised some eyes in summer league is uh, Tavion Mitchell. Uh, Tavion Mitchell has uh, 
man, what a debut game did he have. You know, the Kings, a lot of people were surprised that the Kings took him, you know, with their pick in the first round, you know, coming out of Baylor, national champion. And, yeah, he came out and showed what time it was from the start. Just a bouncy guard that's able to, you know, get it between the lanes, able to, you know, facilitate the basketball, showed all the qualities that he showed at Baylor. You know, we're going to see what they do with these guards, man, in, 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 uh, in Sacramento. Uh, they definitely have a bevy of guards now, so we're going to see how that goes. Uh, another gentleman that I'm looking at, <clears throat> this gentleman is a second-year player. It was the number four pick of uh, last year's NBA draft for the Chicago Bulls, Patrick Williams. Um, Patrick has uh, been playing outstanding. Um, the Bulls, they definitely beefed up their roster uh, over the summer with the acquisitions that they made in free agency with DeMar DeRozan, you know, bringing in um, Lonzo Ball, as well as uh, Alice Caruso from the Los Angeles Lakers. And Patrick, you know, a lot of people say that he's going to position to play the four this season for the Chicago Bulls as a starter. And, Man, has he gotten off to a great start. You know, I really I really like this kid, man. He's a very versatile guy. He can play and definitely defend multiple positions. Uh, most people are kind of looking for his offense, you know, in the summer league situation, and he has came with it so far. So, definitely. Uh, another uh, premier matchup so far that has happened here in the summer league, of course, you got the number one pick in the NBA draft, Cade Cunningham, going to the Detroit Pistons. First team All-American at Oklahoma State um, came out versus the number two pick in the draft in Jalen Green. And it was definitely a bond burner. Um, you know, everyone's going to be talking about the crossover step back from Cade. I mean, just showing kind of just that versatility. He ended up with 20 points. A good game by him. The Pistons ended up losing the game. You know, Jalen Green came out. Man. This guy's a bouncy guy, man. He is definitely uh I don't know what it is with the last name Green for guys in Houston, man. I guess you just get some extra hops when your last name is Green. You play for Houston. Shout out to Gerald Green, but um Jalen Green's definitely um uh, man came out and and showed some great quickness and athleticism, which a lot of people anticipated. Um so yeah, this summer league, man, it's kicked off great. You know, uh, there was a bowl bowl sighting out there, bowl bowl came through with twenty-six points. Um, in the game that they had uh, on August the 10th for Denver. We'll see if Bowl get in that uh, rotation for Denver, man. They're definitely a deep ball club, and you know, the sky's the limit for Denver as far as next season is concerned. So, you know, Bowl Bowl is uh, looking like he's definitely worked on his game and see if he can get kind of in that uh, active rotation for the Denver Nuggets this season. And uh, a few other guys before we wrap it up here. Uh, young kid by the name of Sharif Cooper. Picked in the first round by the Atlanta Hawks out of Auburn. You know, this guy's a Georgia native. Had an opportunity to watch uh, this young man play in high school. Um, so he was a good talent, amazing talent then. And he showed very quickly at uh, Auburn University what time it was. So uh, he came through and uh, showing he's able to facilitate and pass the basketball. And um, that's it, you know, for the summer league wrap-up. You know, we'll definitely touch back in. Uh, with updates as the summer league goes on. So I appreciate you guys listening. We on Fire Podcast.
Yeah, man. Definitely, man. There's a lot of money being spent in free agency, man. Two, almost $3 billion in free agency. And, you know, a lot of people, man, you know, a lot of teams that made a lot of moves. You know, the Lakers made some moves. You know, Russell Westbrook came over to the Lakers via trade. You know, they tipped out, you know, KCP, uh, Harrell, Al Kuzma. So, how do you feel about the move that the Lakers made to acquire Russell Westbrook? Well, I don't, I don't uh, disapprove of you know what they give and giving away because how they were constructed, those pieces were moved. But with what they're getting with Westbrook, it's the same player that they already have in LeBron, just a smaller version and a less efficient version. One of one of the two is going to have to not be on the ball, and that's going to be uh, I have to see that. Yeah, so, man, it's definitely going to be an interesting situation because you got, you know, both guys, you know, ball dominant. Now Westbrook, you know, obviously you look at his stats, and you know, his stats would lead you to believe, you know, be the next coming of John Stockton and the assist on the assist end. But it's how you get your it's how you get your assistant just the usage usage rate that you have. Yeah, <clears throat> and also we living in a uh, uh, free game where uh, turnovers are not being talked about at all. So a guy can get you ten assists, but get you five turnovers. I don't want it. I don't want your 10 assists for five turnovers. So it always looks good until it starts happening. Exactly. And he, he hasn't been the most healthiest player over the last couple of years as well. You know, big thing is that, you know, at the end of a, a, a typical season, and we saw it last season in Washington, where, you know, he started off a little slow, then he kind of started, you know, playing in a great stretch for them. You know, they were, they were basically about dead in the playoff race. So, I give him his credit. You know, him and Bill, they kind of, you know, tightened things up a little bit and made a playoff push. But, you know, once he got to the playoffs, it was, you know, he was on the milk card. He was nowhere to be found. I mean, that's as usual. He's always like that in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, he was like that back in OKC when Kevin Durant was there. And that's why Kevin Durant decided to make his move. But, um... It's not only him coming in that's not healthy. LeBron hasn't been healthy in the last couple of years. AD has always never been healthy. So you got three guys that's like that to go along with all the rest of the guys you bringing in. Dwight Howard is just getting older. He's on his third stint with the Lakers. It's like a yeah, I mean a TV show, man. Like well, especially <laughs> Carmelo. Especially with him, man. I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking of a new nickname for him, man. I mean, King Goofy is the first thing that comes to mind, man. But I'm taking suggestions on, you know, somebody got something better than that, man. Man, you get Carmelo. You go out and get, who you get? Ariza. <laughs> man, like, I'm you know, just Wayne, like. Wayne Ellison, you know, you got Wayne. Wayne Ellison, you paid none, and I don't see none being able to be productive with you. Like, how? How? Where? Where's Kendrick Nunn going to? You know they got. You know they. You know, they, uh, you know read up. Uh, you know TCT. 
And that's what I'm saying. You already got him. You got THT. You got Taylor Horton Tucker. It's like I don't see Kendrick Nunn being able, especially with the LeBron's son, was not only a surprise and shock in his rookie year for how he was playing, it was it was benefit of the system he was playing in also. And oh, like, Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And while we on that topic, man, shout out to I'm gonna send a shout out to Robert Smith. You know, oh yeah, don't know who that is. You know, Robert Smith is the head basketball coach at Simeon. Simeon, yeah, in Chicago, man. Which you know, those two young men definitely you know attended Simeon. Yeah, and, um, had a good career. You know, um, you know, Horton Tucker was the Chicago Player of the Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Horton Tucker. I was kind of disappointed he went uh, to the Lakers. <laughs> that was my man. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy he got, you know, he got his bag, man. Shout out to him, get your bag. So, yeah. Um, happy for you and proud of you. You know, me being the public lead alone, you know, happy for you, man. Get your bread. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, my whole thing about it, and, you know, I was listening to Sam Mitchell uh, on the radio this weekend, and he made an interesting point. You know, he was like, you know, Lakers, obviously, they made, you know, made, you know, moves and, you know, get these so-called shooters. But I'm like, man, a lot of these guys, you know, the reason they was basically on the bargain bin because nobody else wanted. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here, you know. Now, now, obviously, Wayne Ellington, you know, the typical dude at, at, a, at, at your local rec court, you know, he had destroyed right. So I don't want to be disrespectful to Wayne Ellison. You know, he's been a class act dude, you know, since he's been in the Yeah, Wayne Ellison always have him a hot game or two every year. Yeah, you know. So I get him that. Ain't nothing against yeah. Wayne, you know, but it's the one of those things where, yeah, you got these guys, you, you know, kind of pay for what you get. I mean, you give them what you pay for, you know, so. I mean, you know, you're I actually overpaying for what you what you get. That's my thing with that. Everybody who they bought in. Like, like what I was, it goes back to what I was saying about the Kendrick Nunn situation. It's really no room for you. Like, like literally, like, I just, THT is a two guard. He's playing two guard with, uh, with, uh, with the Lakers. So it's like Kendrick Nunn and, and the way they play, when you got a Westbrook and a dog of LeBron James. You already looking at a diminishing um, uh, Anthony Davis next year. Like his numbers, his numbers were diminishing this year, and I thought he was just taking a step back, being kind of a beta. You know, and you have, I was and, beta. And, and you have a thirty-seven year old Anthony. Da- I mean, I'm sorry, thirty-seven year old LeBron James. Exactly. He's not getting any younger. You know, you talk about the guy. You know, we'll be straight up front with. You. A lot of people, in my opinion, gave this guy a pass in regards to injuries he sustained. I'm just and like you know when he came back into the you know to the playoffs, well he still was hurt. No, ain't no pass. You dunking. Guy was out seven weeks. If you on the court, you hooping, and that's just what it is. I mean, the guy was out seven weeks, man. It's not like he had a high ankle sprain two weeks in the playoffs. The guy came. The guy came back and told you that was the worst injury of all time, basically. Trying to make it seem like that. So every time you watching this series, every time I watch that series, I literally, if he miss a shot or do something crazy, I see him come down, get a two-hand nasty dunk in that series. 
And then he'd come down and miss a shot or something. And he was like, he's clearly not healthy. Like they just kept saying, and it just was like, wow. Y'all gonna keep on saying that he's clearly not healthy, but he's healthy when he come down and do something. And then it's just like, nah, bro, like, it's too much with him, man. It's a whole narrative surrounding him. The whole NBA is everything about him. And they need to stop. Now, what did you now, did you think, or what was your opinion on, say, uh, some of the other teams across the league and the free agent moves that they did? You know, we discussed the Bulls, you know, we just uh, discussed the Lakers. Now, what other teams you think, or you thought that made some um, some, some decent uh, free agent moves? Of course, shout out, shout, shout out my Bulls. Shout out our Bulls. <laughs> I can't get over that. Oh yeah, I mean that was definitely um, you know a couple you know big time moves and bringing in Ball and DeRozan and you know, Alex Caruso and um, it brought in the uh, the kid uh, Tony Bradley who played at uh, UNC this was in uh, Oklahoma City last year as a you know as a big man. Um, so yeah, the Bulls. I mean, they definitely making moves. You had the Hawks. You know they uh, you know made a move and resigned John Collins. You know they went ahead and broke bread with John. Um, so you know that to me that was a, a big time move for them because I think they're gonna need Collins if they're trying to get to kind of where they want to go. Um, you know, Nate McMillan, you know, went from uh, the interim coach to basically you know the head coach now. So you know things are trending up. You know, that's, you know, see today, uh, Dallas locked in Luka. Before. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. Uh, just just broke um, as we're recording this. It actually just broke that they extended Luka to the Supermax. Which, I mean, we all kind of saw that coming. Um, you know, Dallas, they made some interesting moves. Um, you know, they got, uh, you know, to me, the first and foremost thing with Dallas was Donnie Nelson. And, you know, for those who don't know who Donnie Nelson is, you know, he's the general manager of the uh, of the Mavericks. Okay. And, you know, Donnie Nelson been there since 1998. You know, he's the son of Don Nelson, former head coach in Boston Celtics, Don Nelson. So, you know, Donnie, he, you know, he was responsible for bringing in Dirk Nowitzki. You know, that was his first move as GM of the Dallas Mavericks. He was making uh, Milwaukee drafted him and they ended up trading. Um, I think Tractor Trailer was uh, in the deal, rest in peace. Uh, but, yeah, Donnie was there for 24 years. They made a recent change. Obviously, they made a change at head coach with uh, Jason Yeah, okay, now um, they got Carlisle out there in, uh, Carlisle in Indiana now, huh? Yeah, he kind of seen the writing on the wall from a standpoint of, you know, obviously players have more power than they've ever had. You know, they did re-up or uh, re-signed uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. too. Okay. Uh, you know, he played well for him. You know, that was a decent move by them. Um, so, yeah, man, I think um, another uh, ball club that's kind of in a flux right now is uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, yeah. You kind of mentioned, you know, how he left and went to the Lakers. How you feel about that whole uh, you know Dame Lillard situation up there? Um, I think he kind of caught up in the the new era of uh, everybody got to fluctuate and move. We got to do this and do that. This how we got to win. And it's just different now. These new age players, but they—I mean, I mean, I mean he's he's been, trying, he, been, he's been, all, been loyal to his defense, man. You know, he ain't really came out publicly and said, "Get me out of here." 
You know what I mean? Now, you know, obviously, the media hype uh, get him out of there. But, you know, he hasn't said anything to his defense publicly. Like, yeah, he hasn't said anything publicly. And I, and I do, and I do have to give him credit for his, for his loyalty. Because he's been there. He fought through years and years with them. So I do have to give him that much credit with, 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 with this situation. But he's under, uh, he got a massive contract, ain't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, he got... So it's going to be... I always thought with that situation is almost impossible. Like, uh, who, who can you trade? What well, can the team trade? I mean, I don't think... Dame is almost too good for his own good. If he wanted to go somewhere else, because it's going to be... You're going to have to get somebody like him for him, so you're not going to be able to match him with, let's say, like like how they did to get Westbrook. He's a little better. His, his status is a little better than Westbrook. But they're not going to be able to trade a whole bunch of role players to be able to get Dame Lillard. Yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, I think Neil O'Shea up there, which Neil O'Shea is the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta roll up your sleeves. You know, the you know, kind of the misfortunate part about it. You know, this whole situation. They just hired Chauncey Billups as a coach. Congratulations, and you know, it's a big shot himself. You know, so I do think that to be honest with you, if it was me, you know, in their situation, you know, as far as Dame Lillard in the in the ball club, it's just really kind of open conversation of like, hey, look, you know, I've been here. You know, obviously I've been productive. You know, this kind of a family type of atmosphere up here in Portland. You know, I just think that, you know, to me, it's all on the GM to be able to make the necessary move. As you mentioned, you know, you have the media hype and all that. But one thing I will give, you know, a little credit for is that, you know, he's been a stand-up guy in these circumstances. You know, he's yeah. asking questions. You know, he hasn't, you know, pouted and said, hey, get me out of here. But on right. the other hand, you know, you know, you have this situation in Philadelphia with, with Ben Simmons. You know, yeah. another situation where, you know, everything looks like he's trying to basically, you know, the team don't want him and he's trying to get out of there himself because, you know, the report I read the other day, you know, he's not returning no one's phone calls, you know, from players as well as management. You know, now how do you feel about that situation, man? Up in Philadelphia, you know? I mean, I don't think it was handled right, never. For one, one, for one, a light has been shined on Doc Rivers. Now, it should have been, I've been saying this about Doc Rivers for, for years, but the way he handled the situation with that guy, his, his leadership qualities is, is terrible. Like that's, that how, that's how I can put it. It's terrible. Like you, now, you mean overall? Or just like overall, the, the whole way. Overall, there's no way there's no way with a decent coach this guy's gonna go through a whole series like that that don't want to shoot at all. Like, well, there's no there's no push from the coach. Then they ask the coach about the guy and they say he if he and you put it in the terms of like if he wanna play, he gotta get better. If he wanna play like it's a problem. Like you literally Threw the man under the butt. You're not trying, like that's a coach's job. Like you know that ain't a problem. It was in his head because 
the coach ain't like bro, bro you gotta you gotta be on him to do his job like literally you you what? literally what? left him in the game left him with the wolves it was like no attention being paid to that shit that's what that's how I, that's how i look at it with 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 doc rivers doc rivers don't coach he shut down like I, like it goes back to when he was with the Clippers and, and they was in that bubble situation and, and, and they was asking him, he was like, these guys know what they got to do. And he, he always go to that. When, when they ask him about it, he always say that his team knows what they got to do and got to do this. So that means that you're not putting pressure on your team to do nothing. You just saying, all right, you're going to be, you do, it, it's a terrible leadership, bro. Uh, quality, bro. You can't do that. Like, especially with it being Simmons. A good coach would have been on him, nigga. He wasn't last in that whole series because for one thing we do know about Ben Simmons is that Ben Simmons can't finish around the rim. Like, Ben Simmons can average a good 19 points without shooting. So he can finish around the rim. So you're not motivating him to shoot the ball that he just wasn't even shooting the ball at the rim. Like, dude, he's not even shooting it. And I'm like... Well, you know, I think that... like, well, he knows what he got to do, that man, that shit don't work, man. Well, I mean, I, I would say, I would say this. I mean, I would agree with you, Doc, River, Doc Rivers, as far as his leadership abilities have been a little bit oversold, oversold. But in regards to the situation with Ben Simmons, I believe he's absolutely spot on correct. And I'll explain to you why. Is that once I heard the report that players and teams and that this guy's not returning any phone calls. Oh that's, yeah, that's, on this now, yeah, go that, ahead. That's, yeah. that's red. That's just that's just a character red flag. That's yeah, right now in this situation, right now. Oh yeah, let's go back to that. My bad, I had got into uh, Doc Rivers, but in this situation, yeah, he's wrong. Like you're not answering calls and well, none well, of that. You shutting down. You can't do that. It's too late for that. Well, well, you made an interesting point though, and a point that I wanted to get into that you made that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That you know. I think that the reason to leave that Doc Rivers took that position with him is because dude, you're in year number four right now. You know what I mean? Like you just signed and you signed an extension, my man. So you really a grown man at this point in time. And I think where the problem started at with him uh, was the coach before him and, and Brown. I think that Brown allowed this guy to basically, you know, basically do that in the organization did. And I think that towards the end, they basically tried to, because it was interesting because, you know, he was represented by Rich Paul. And I read a report that not only Rich Paul has encouraged this guy to practice his shot. It's for obvious reasons. You know, people talk, you know, you know, people have certain opinions about Rich Paul. But I will say this, it's just from a standpoint of an agent. Yeah. The agent wants you to be your best man because that affects his business. Yeah. Like, it ain't got nothing to do with, like, his reputation, how you see him, how he got put on. I mean, at the end of the day, once you sign, you know, sign with his agency, fam, he's going to try to look out for you for you to be the best player that you can be. You know I mean? He does the other thing. He does the other stuff for you. Meaning, like, practice your jumpers, practice your layups, practice your free throws. Some agents even have facilities where these guys can go get it in like that when they all come. They, they got an agency say, I don't sign nothing with people. Kendrick Perkins. People like that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> exactly. So I you think that, no you, 
you know, in their situation, Philadelphia, I just think that it's a situation where it's hard to tell a guy to break his habits when you didn't pay this man $200 million. You know, I'm a big believer at this point. Like, I, man, there's no coach should have to motivate you for him to take wide open shots. That's what you exactly. need to to be paid to do. Now, yes, that that right there, that's Best where the four seasons. That's where it differs. Now, look. Now. <laughs> now, that's what I was about to get into. I don't think he was having a problem. Like, he is having a mental problem. And what I mean by that is that it was a problem that he didn't want to shoot at all. But, so that was mental. That right there, it takes somebody to be like, dude, whatever. You have to be on him. You have to talk to that man and tell him, dude, we know you can throw by the basket. I don't care if you're not shooting the shot. Take your space like you normally do. Score by the basket. You, you real good with both hands at the basket, around the basket. Let's well, go. You got to be able to do that. that. You can't just sit back on it and allow a man who you know can be giving you enough production to get past the Hawks. If he can just be scoring, doing his normal scoring by the basket. If you're just doing that, that's all I need out of you, man. I don't don't need you to be out here not shooting at all. We know you can score by the basket. Everything is being pinpointed now because you're not even trying to score by the basket. He can shoot a couple times from outside, but but he's going to take his space. Ben Simmons know how to do that. You didn't average 19 points in his league. So it's like, dude. And here's the thing that I thought was interesting about the Hawks uh, playoffs run. And to me, it's just a microcosm of playoff basketball. Is that, fam, those <clears throat> those guys, especially when you talk about him on the block yeah. with Simmons, him and Embiid occupy the same space. Right. So now it comes down to, like in real terms, hey, we got a guy that talking about MB who wasn't obviously a hundred percent. You know, he you know he had a couple games where he just didn't look like he was quite a hundred percent. But look at his production. And so yeah. I think to me, at the end of the day, when you got a guy in the box that's putting up forty six and fourteen and forties and fourteen, then yeah, bro, you are gonna have to be a grown man and get your offense how you get your offense, dog. Like we, we because because teams at the end of the day. Teams, they going to sag the lane anyway. So the lane already going to be uh, what we call a crowded type of area, especially when you got MB, you know, kind of doing a little bit of his work down there. And so I think that what happened was they ran into a coach, talk about Nick McMillan, who has played in this league, and they just played it. They just played it to the T. Like, all right, we'll just worry about it. And the we'll only get, way. Ain't gonna be, no touches down here. You're going to never you're not getting out of that. You're not getting out of that mind state. If your coach believes the same thing everybody else believes, well, I don't what believe. This is how you motivate. how you motivate somebody. I believe that you can do this. I'm not even focusing on your jump shot. All this came from your jump shot. The fact that you're not even trying to shoot under the basket. I, I mean, want to see you attack the rim and do what you got to do. It's situations where and B will be out by the three point line. You attack the rim and do you. I want to see that. I see. I don't care if you miss the shot or whatever. That's what the coach should have been on him to have him well, at least playing. That's to get him out of the... We don't care that you ain't going to hit no jumpers because that ain't going to make us lose. That ain't made us lose forever. What's going to make us lose is you not taking no shots at the rim. Like, now all of a sudden, you're not a dude who can't yeah. shoot the jumper. You don't even take no shots. Like, okay, nah, that ain't nothing, you. Yeah. So... 
So a coach can't sit back and let a player not play his normal game and then sit back and say the media, agree with the media, like, yeah, he has to. No, nigga, you know, that's not his game. What we've seen in the playoffs is not being Simmons' game. Because Ben Simmons do have a little offense. He don't shoot jumpers. But he okay. can score with both hands at the rim, literally. Everybody knows this. That's how he gets his points. He's not a five-point player, nigga. Well, no doubt about it. I mean, as we all know, that's where a coach's job is, man. You can't allow your player to not give you nothing. Like, But think about what Philadelphia's done, fam. Just think about this for a minute. You realistically think that Philadelphia would choose Doc Rivers over him? Meaning that the reason I asked that question is, is that based on what I was hearing about him not calling folks back, I think the reason, the main reason they're trying to shift him, fam, because to me, he sounds like a know-it-all guy that's, that's not trying to listen to nobody. You okay, now, 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 all, now all, all in this situation, that way to me with that guy. Like, in this situation, I'm, I'm 100% on board with you in the, in the situation with him not calling nobody back and all that. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm 100% that was, uh, on board uh, with you on that. that. So far as in them playoffs, you allowed, that coach allowed his player to be something that he wasn't. And ran with the same narrative that the whole media was, oh, yeah, was yeah. giving. Yeah, he kinda, you can't yeah. allow that. You got to tell him, no, dude. I know you know how to score. Score how you score. I don't care. I don't care that the media is saying he don't shoot threes. Who cares? You never did. Do you? You don't sit back and just say, hey, he know what he got to do. No, motherfucker. He's mentally out of it. He needs a fucking counselor. <laughs> Excuse my language or whatever. I don't know my language, but yeah, in, in general, he needs he needs you to be tell him that we know that you're not a five point per game dude. You're not that. You're allowing yourself to be that because you're thinking about this. No, I need you to do. I need you to go over twelve. Go over twelve all layups, attacking the rim and missing. That's what I need you to do. I don't need you to not shoot at all. No, fuck that. I want to see you do what made you the number one player when you were coming out of high school, what made you play power forward, and that you would still average about 19 points a game, bro, at power forward, out of position. Right. That's all I'm saying, bro. Like, that's what a coach does. You, he didn't have no confidence, and you didn't try to get him none. You didn't try to get that man no confidence. You went along with everything everybody else was saying. And that's what he do. That's that's Doc Rivers' way of coaching by saying that people, you know what you got to do. And you, I mean, oh. that's exactly what happened in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. Same that's, thing. A other, that's a whole other story for another day. Um, I was going to ask you because, you know, as we're recording this podcast, you know, the USA Basketball Club, you know, brought home gold, man. The fourth consecutive goal. Yes, sir. Uh, shout out, shout out, them boys, Katie. Shout out, I, they locked in. Shout out, uh, Drew Holiday getting off the off the uh, plane, uh, and and his plane well out there putting up numbers. <laughs> and the man still has champagne on his clothes, man. When he got to Tokyo, champagne in his clothes in Tokyo, getting it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, he sure. played like a G. I mean, his own ball defense, man. You know, obviously KD's gonna get all the accolades as far as the scoring, but definitely mm-hmm. Holiday. You know, once the dust settled, he was definitely the second best player in Tokyo without, oh, yeah. you know, both, oh, yeah. you know, offense and defense. And, you know, I think they finally got their act together. You know, they had the loss against France, um, you know, in the first game. And, you know, yeah, they went on and got them back. You know, they went on and got them back. It, it, it's a close affair, man. It was, it was a nice, 
I think with, with, with USA basketball, what it is, it is, it's the reason it, it's not, I don't I can't, I can't explain it. American ass basketball now is turned more into individual play. So when you get that, you only as good as the individual is. And if the other team is playing good, that individual will never beat the team, no matter how good he is. That's what the struggle that LeBron goes through has been going through for years. He never, he's still just the individual player. You know this every game. Yeah, he got his, but his teammates, that's an individual break. That's what you call that. So that's what the NBA, the, the NBA is suffering from. It's a lot. They don't know how to play team ball. When the well, Dream Team went there, they already was team organized. That's what Michael Jordan, that's what Michael Jordan, growth, his step that he took was learning how to play with a team, which was, I learned how to maximize every play. This dude know how to do this, let him do that. Let this dude do that. Just well, I think play our game. Well, I think that with this with this club, you know, it was interesting because you had the COVID situation. You know, it was a real, you know, obviously these Olympics were supposed to have been last year in 2020, but you had COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the NBA season pushed, you know, you know, pushed up. You know, so, you know, you had holidays, Middleton, uh, and Booker basically, you know, getting straight out of the NBA finals, basically jumping on a plane and going straight to Tokyo. And, you know, obviously Kevin Durant, you know, yeah. had a, you know, nice run in the playoffs before getting eliminated by Milwaukee. I, you know, to be honest, man, I thought that, you know, I was proud of him from a standpoint of, like, with, you know, the combination of what you said as far as, yeah, lack of what you call team continuity, you know, say over the last couple of years overall in the league. You know, I thought on basically kind of putting the team on the fly is that they, you know, because I watched every game from the exhibition all the way up into the gold medal, and they, you know, got better and better as a team as, as the, the games went forward. Um, so, you know, I, overall, you know, I think that um, they did do a good job as far as just bringing the goal home. You know, I thought so, that obviously there's going to be some close ball games because, you know, you know, there's some good teams out there. You know, real talk. Overall, I think, I think they, they eventually made me eat my words. <laughs> I got that <laughs> They made me eat my words about AAU, straight AAU ball. Because they went from, when, when uh, think about when we talked last, they had lost two games. Mm-hmm. And I was all in on the AAU ball. They ain't playing team ball and this and that. And they ain't lost since. They played they, well. They yeah, they definitely got their act together, you know, and played with some pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, played well. definitely was uh, happy. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, Jerry Colangelo's last run as a head of USA basketball. Now the torch get passes, uh, get passed over to Grant Hill. Um, right, Brad Hill, right. to see, you know, just on a real, you know, big time level, you know, obviously, Brad Hill is African American, so you have an African American in the position as far as running of USA basketball, which is a first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that the next, you know, couple of teams, which, you know, you have to qualify, and then, you know, the next Olympics and, uh, coming up in the next couple of years, it's going to be real interesting to see what Grant does as far as, you know, coaching, you know, obviously kind of building uh, building this roster, building a pool of players. But, yeah. def- but definitely, man, you know, you know, it's a great conversation that we had today. 
you know, definitely we're in the pocket, man. You know, we on fire podcast. This is episode one. Get down with the get down. As I mentioned before, straight, no chaser, none of the hyperbole or narratives in this situation. You know, I appreciate, I really appreciate everyone listening to episode one. You got T Knot, you got Shad in the building. And we definitely will back up with you guys on episode two. Definitely stay tuned. Yeah. Yes, sir. We got to get some of that. I came with it. Hey, T-Nonology. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to hit you right back. Though.